This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome, everybody, to Random Movie Generator with myself, David L, and David. Sir William Nicholas Edwards, full name, full title. Don't mess around. That's what's on my passport, my baptism certificate. How are you, David? Yep. Uh, waking up to the world, caffeine is beating through my heart, courtesy of Madame Nas Cafe. Not that I'm sponsored by her, but, you know, that's, that's who I've... Um, woken up with this morning and, do you have milk um, with your coffee absolutely i always grab some uh, mcdonald milk sachets a few extra ones pop them in the old bag you are a little what is it chaffinch who's what sort of what bird uh, steals uh, a magpie or a womble type of thing so wombles you remember then they would take well wombles was litter wasn't it? it's recycling this is more just like a danny dyer character from the 90s taking liberties on the high street i guess do you look for little things to nick um i would never say steal because you know i never want to find myself in a headlock with a security guard in the middle of tesco's if oap's looking on shock you've never stolen from tesco's have you never i haven't got those size testicles to do anything like that tesco to calls absolutely god there's some kind of branding synergy in that if you get enough tesco points you can get yourself some testicles tesco calls something like that yeah um but no i've never never stolen absolutely and i think also i've been so programmed by society i'd come back with that snicker bar or uh, oreo do you think you should take the mcdonald's milk back well, the thing is, I do always ask them, uh, can I have a few more, please? Oh. And they always say, um, yes. Absolutely. They say, yeah, yeah, there you go, mate. They could give a shake, could they? I had a bit of a McFlurry dispute, actually, this uh, this Thursday, whereby... Um, now, these, for those of you who don't know, McFlurries are little pots of ice cream with a spoon? Pots of ice cream with a spoon, they keep me going. Yeah. They're my kind of, um, you know... Mick Jagger's heroin in the 80s type of thing. I really look forward to them. Yeah. And um, it was just, I'm not really the sort of person that will actually uh, slam my shoe on the floor and sort of say, no, that's not good enough. But it was just a terrible disaster of a McFlurry. This is pre-cinema on Thursday? It was, quite right. (coughs) Yeah. And uh, it was a Smarties one. And it was just an absolute eyesore. It's, do you know what? I think McDonald's have got a problem with their McFlurry machines because um, they seem to run out of them so quickly or they're just a complete disaster or perhaps so many people want them. And then it was given back to me and he said, sorry about this, mate. And it was just like... Um, Dave, night- sorry, just to set the scene, I don't know... No, I don't know McFlurry from a bloody... What, Ujima flip. What is a McFlurry? Do they make it for you? What does it look like when it comes out? And then what did you receive? Absolutely. Let's start from the basics. You know what I mean? It's like we haven't even met Han Solo and I've gone straight into blowing up a Death Star. Disaster. 
So a McFlurry is a really lovely treat. It's about £1.20. It comes into this in this cardboard uh, cup filled with lots of lovely uh, bright advertising around the sides. A plastic spoon, really creamy. You know, catting you starts licking its whiskers. Creamy cream ice cream. And then you can have either sprinkles of Kit Kat on there. Ooh. You can have sprinkles of Smarty on there. Oreo or Maltesers. I'm a Smarty man. You're not I an like Oreo. The, no, I like to feel the, um, the crunch, crunch, crunch of the Smarties on my canines, my teeth. Uh, is that is that a dog, a canine, or teeth, canines? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But... Um, Basically, I was given a real eyesore. It's supposed to be like a sort of a mountain of cream that's handed to you. This looked like, um, I don't know, like an explosion had happened on the mountain and it was just debris. And I asked him, you know, can you top that up, please, sir? And uh, sir? he said, yeah. No, I wouldn't have said so. Mate. Can you top that up? But maybe I might have put a mate on, you know, keep it street, keep it urban. I'm on the pavement type of so thing. So what did he give you? Just like a, a dollop of just white yeah, mush? Yeah, like, it was like... Yeah, it's not really working at the moment. So he, he sort of put a dollop on. And it's like, God, I'd have preferred to stick with the other thing. Where are my smarty bits? So it's almost as though um, it was like a flake. You know how a flake, when they do, um, not flakes, uh, a 99er, and it's like a giant ice cream worm that comes out of it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Giant ice cream worm. I, I like those, though, don't you? No? But it didn't quite fulfill the... F- what you want from a McFlurry, do you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, I guess I got more ice cream, but God, this is a bizarre situation. I wandered out the door. Were you a bit arsey? I was getting arsey, and it's just like... Um, what What does your arsey sound like? What were you saying to him that, that may, might have suggested to him that this guy's getting arsey? It was like a Hugh Grant arsey. Um, I do apologise, you know, it's not really... Maybe I'm being overly critical, but... The, this isn't usually the amount for a McFlurry. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, do stop me if I'm wrong. But uh, I just, um, this seems slightly lopsided and a, a bit of the watery side. I mean, tell me if I'm uh, I'm being wrong. I'm happy to chat to the manager. If, I don't want to get you into trouble, but... You would, would you chat to the manager amount. over a McFlurry? Um, if he was willing to, maybe. I, I'd feel embarrassed. But I think I, I'm saying to the teenager, listen, you know, if you don't want to get involved, I'll talk to somebody else type of thing. Surely they know you in there, don't they? No, not at all. There's so many people that come in and out of McDonald's, flipping heck. Do you know what, David? I'm thinking about this McDonald's and where you go and watch the movie. If I went in there, I'd feel like I was in, as we were talking about earlier, the Rover's Return, or I'd, I was in um, Moss Eisley. It would feel like, bloody hell, feel quite special. The thing is, though, unfortunately, in this kind of like um, corporate world we live in, it probably looks exactly the same as your McDonald's and exactly like your city world. Unlike Rover's Return, it's got its own personality. This does not. Yeah, but the fact that I know you go in there, to, I find that quite exciting. Well, it's good to know. Don't get me wrong. It gives my ego a bit of a pat, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't push it aside. Well, oh, I suddenly thought I really want to go and watch a movie with you. An experience. Oh, we should do that. Yeah. Absolutely, we I'd should, be up for that. We should, wouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Yeah. I'd happily um, travel down your side. No, I want to do what you them. do. I want to go to McDonald's. I want to park where you park, go to McDonald's, into the cinema, talk to the people, front row. Oh, absolutely. Next time you're in um, my neck of the woods, we should do that. And I'd love to watch you eat a roast chicken next to me. Absolutely, like a Viking, like a Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah, yeah, warrior, yeah. just munching away type of thing. Hundred percent. Welcome everyone who've joined us this uh, this morning. We've got to be so quick, me and David, because uh, personal life has got in the way this weekend. Uh, or not got in the way. That seems the wrong thing to. The pod's got in the way of personal life. Absolutely, you've got to keep a balance, haven't you? Family first. Um, so we're going to sort of race through this one, but thank you all for uh, joining us. Um, so what, anyway, David, what did you see on Thursday? What I saw was, one thing I will give a tip to very quickly about snacks I had before the cinema. McDonald's have just released a um, white chocolate straw raspberry um, pie. And it is absolutely orgasmic. White chocolate strawberry or raspberry. I can't, I don't know. What, there's not much difference between those. They're pretty pie. much siblings, aren't they? And um, it really did, it's very small, 
raspberry and white chocolate pie. Yeah, raspberry and white chocolate pie. And it was just an orgasm bomb in my mouth. It really left me sideways. Uh, it really I don't know if you've in. heard the bad news. No? Limited time only. Oh, I know that, sir. Absolutely. I'm going to be getting involved with uh, white chocolate mayhem before it's removed from my... Uh, Can you not buy, like, house? 20 and just freeze them? Um, Part of me would feel a bit sad if I did that. Don't get me wrong. That's now an idea that's entered my head. You've now laid a, a, a thought egg in my brain. And that's probably something I'm going to consider doing. I don't know if you can refreeze them. I don't know. Imagine having to ask that over the counter. It, I don't know how McDonald's and um, these cinemas keep going because it's like Lord of the Flies. They're just ran by these very uninterested teenagers. But then again, I was exactly the same. David, can I read this to you? Yeah, go for it. I think this is it. I think you're going to like this. Please do. A brand new dessert that's now available to buy at McDonald's is being called the best thing the fast food chain has ever made. Wow. The popular eatery revealed it has launched a new collection of menu items in times for Valentine's Day. Many of the new desserts feature a pink theme to mark the upcoming day of love. Two new after-dinner additions include a Kit Kat Ruby Chocolate McFlurry and a Kit Kat Milk Chocolate McFlurry Mini. But it would seem there's one new treat that's really getting people talking. It's got me yabbering. And that's the McDonald's new raspberry and white chocolate pie. The never-ever-seen-before dessert costs £1.99 and features a crispy pink pastry filled with a white chocolate ganache and and raspberry... Is it compote? Compote? Oh, I don't know about that. People have gone mad for it on social media, including one fan called George, who took to popular Facebook page Food Finds UK to share a picture of him eating the new pie. This is the best thing McDonald's have ever made. It's better than their burger. His post quickly caught the attention of many other group members as thousands left likes and various comments. Dana replied, can confirm they aren't lying. I agree, me and my partner have just had one and they are yummy. Norma typed, I had some of my sister I had some of my sister's one and it was delicious. And Lisa penned, ten thousand percent agree. They are unreal. Mark wrote, just had one, bloody lush. And Chloe agreed, tried it today, best pie they've ever released. <laughs> It really is. It's an experience. They listen to everyone and make it a permanent menu item. However, not everyone was in agreement, as Rosie said. Is it better than the double chocolate one, though? I tried the Galaxy Salted Caramel, and that doesn't come close to the double chocolate. But Vanessa said, best pie ever. The strawberry and custard pie they had in the mid-90s. Strawberry and custard sounds pretty special. David, this is really, uh, you've really hit on something here. That galaxy pie, that came out over Christmas and that was also um, quite a treat. Double chocolate. It's made me want to go up to McDonald's. I might take Why not and just bloody have a white chocolate strawberry, you know, a fair. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it. I'm taking the boys up there. Let's go for it. Yeah. So, when did you have that on Thursday? I'm thinking we should go back into film mode. Don't get me wrong, I'm the one who derailed this into McDonald's treats. It's my doing. Don't no, no, absolutely. To go back it's into my, film my mode. doing. I'm, Pie boy. I'm the creator of my own disaster. It's all self sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> right. What film did I you watch saw on Thursday? Argoyle, the new um, uh, Matthew Vaughan Apple um, Plus produced. So it's going to have a theatre run. And then it's primarily designed to be um, a big film release on Apple Plus, their TV channel, a bit like Napoleon. And uh, Kill Kill of the Moon, Argoyle, is directed by Matthew Vaughan, who did uh, A-R-G-Y-L-L-E. And it's a a big spy movie. Uh, Matthew Vaughan directed um, uh, the Kingsman series, Kick-Ass. He's well known for these bright, very flamboyant-esque um kind of action films and um worked a lot with jane goldman jonathan ross's wife he didn't work with her on this particular production 
that they usually are the team that work together. And um, Apple Plus gave him 200 million for this, similar to yeah, 200 million to actually produce it. Thing is, you've got to be aware that when it comes to these streaming uh, films, they don't give the talent any box office points. So, like Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, Cavill um, uh, Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter who's in it, um, they won't get a slice of the box office. They get all their fees up front because Apple Plus just want to um, see it purely as their own uh, commodity that will live in their channel. So, is it called Argyle? Yes, it is. You are correct. Not uh, Gargoyle, or whatever <laughs> I called it earlier. I do apologise. Um, it's the best, you know. Keep off the pies. Focus on the actual words of the Fuck, film. I wish we weren't rushing through this. Anyway, go on. Here we go. Here we go. So I think the rushing is causing even more verbiage type of uh, thing. Or um, no, no, no. I'm just enjoying this morning. I'm like, oh, oh, oh shame we have to. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. It's, yeah. not, it's not good to suddenly become that introspective during a podcast. As no. as to leave it at the end. Get off the therapy couch, Edwards, and uh, focus on what you're actually doing. Stop the whole thing. Imagine that in the middle of like this morning, Philip Schofield. Are we doing well, guys? Are we doing well? Yes, Argyle. Argyle. Um, so basically, the uh, the narrative and plot is this is very meta narrative, self aware, in the sense that um, the book came out uh, and it was a sorry. The book Argyle has not even been published. Argyle. Yet. Argyle. The book has not even been published yet, but the studios were so confident with it when it came out in its early copy that uh, what are they called it's when it's when a book comes out an early copy. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it comes out and studios read it. They immediately purchased it. So they were so confident about the book by a young up and coming female author that it hasn't even been published yet. But they've managed to turn it into a script and turn it into a film. And it's about a, um, a female author who writes a spy book. She has the same name as the real-life author. It's a bit Charlie Kaufman, self-aware, meta-narrative, as I say. Uh, but what the spy community are realising is that her books, bizarrely, are predicting what's going to happen next. She does loads of research in her books, so they're very much based in reality. But she's so good, she can always predict the future. I guess a bit like Charlie Kaufman, I'm sorry, Charlie Brooker and Black Mirror, how they always say that he can predict the future. So basically, the spy community are trying to get hold of her to actually then uh, kidnap her and then find out what her next chapter is going to be so they can work out the next step. And, f- and she sees the world bizarrely in her fantasy world of what a spy is in her novel, which is Henry Cavill who played obviously Superman and who was very near to being James Bond, but was um, snookered by Daniel Craig. And, um, and then you see the reality, which is the spy that's really put in place to save her from being kidnapped, played by Sam Rockwell. So you see her fantasy world as she's writing the next novel with Henry Cavill. And then you see the reality of the spy world, which is supposed to be more based within the, the realms of reality type of thing. Mm-hmm. Can I can I can I have a little guess here? It's a little game. Um, I feel like I, I want to. F- you went in quite excited. The first fifteen minutes, very nice too. Then you found it all a little bit silly and a little bit blow away in the wind, and you were left unsatisfied. That was a bit of a Darren Brown moment. As in, that was very telepathic. That's bizarre. It's like almost, I don't need, I don't need to say anymore. What, gave, must, you, re- what gave you the interaction of that thing? Because I don't think I played my cards that um, openly. Am I right? Yeah, bizarrely right. To a bizarre degree. I think it annoyed you. No, it, no, 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 no. It's more intrigued me. Why, um, is it my body language? God, this, this podcast really unrails. <laughs> We've now gone into sort of telepathic psychoanalysis. No, the film sort of annoyed you. It just found it, you found it a bit... Ugh. This film, I think, will be remembered for being so bad, it's potentially good. I think there's been, there were problems behind the scenes. Whoa. And I think, um, I think one of the problems is 
these big streaming sites, they want to be as respected as studios. So Apple Plus and Netflix, more Apple Plus these days, because Netflix have moved more away from this. They give a carte blanche blank check to these author directors and stars and say, if you come and work with us, you can do whatever you want. So I think Matthew Vaughan was given enough rope to hang himself. And also, I think it's a case whereby you realise... I know, let's absolutely. Not make, let's not make enemies. Quite right, because he could turn that large rope in a lasso, lasso and uh, put it around my neck and, I don't know, tie it to a horse, like some kind of John Wayne movie, and I'd be dragged through the streets. So um, that's a bizarre metaphor. But it's a case of, yeah, I think they're given too much creative freedom, and it does show you... If there isn't a producer to rein you in and say, no, 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 you, know, you can't do whatever you want. Because there's there's sequences within this whereby, you know, when you dr- you might drive around and listen to your favorite dad style 80s rock music or 60s John Lennon music. And you have those masturbatory moments of coming up with, oh, that would be a cool action not sequence. On sun- not on a Sunday morning. No, 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 no. Not masturbatory in that sense. I'm saying in a very general, loose, kind of like, um, you know, in your own kind of head, hedonistic right. moments. And right, not sexual. Yeah. But you think, oh, I would do this and I'd have a moment where um, this would be slow-mo. And in your head, you think it's brilliant. But you're, there's no one else to say, no, that's not great. There's a lot of sequences like that, definitely. Whereby it's finding that balance, isn't it? Whereby you've got a sounding board, but you haven't got a corporate committee dictating every move you make. But I think um, it is just, it is just, uh, I think the main thing is the Kingsman was very loud and in your face and kick-ass was, but you always had a central character that was relatable, that was grounded in reality in amongst the madness. Whereas, um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character is as floaty and as flaky as the kind of postmodern self-aware meta-narrative that surrounds her. There's no grounded element. You haven't got a Peter Parker there that's that's based in reality of real problems. And because of that, it's just litter being blown through the streets. Wow. I don't think we've come across a movie with so much disdain in your review. Oh, yeah, it's very, very poor. Do you know what it does show? Do you know what it does show, though? Who can act in the sense that these actors, they're A-list actors because, you know, that's where a lot of the 200 millions come from. They're clearly on a runaway train, but they've still got to deliver. And some of them, blimey, they suffer because they haven't got like, um, I don't know, you know, this, this, this production's clearly out of control. And they, their performance isn't being um, carefully handled type of thing with like um, clear rehearsals and all those different elements. And How do you know? I, do you know what? As I, as I went through that sentence, you could see that I suddenly came to a full stop because I don't know. But um, and I've never really been on a film set and I'm revealing myself here. I think I've been on one and that was it. The one you allowed me on and that was, that was a lot. But it's a case of... Um, you were thrown off that. I certainly was. People weren't happy. <laughs> Goodness me. I, f- I found a megaphone on the floor and I got carried away, didn't I? And I started you know, telling people what to do. Basically, it's a case of um, uh, Dallas, uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, um, as someone pointed out to me, she was very good in, in the Jurassic World trilogy, but um, she's not good in this. And you can tell that in a sort of confused production, you know, it ain't great. It's like, why did you cut? Why did you use that shot of her at that point? And why this? Because it's not a great performance. But it's got to be said, Sam Rockwell is surrounded by disastrous narrative and editing decisions, but he still has got that kind of charisma about him. The same with Samuel L. Jackson. He's got this terrible monologue he's got to do on a vineyard with awful green screen behind him. He's in it. Yeah, he's in it very briefly. Oh, star-studded cast, star-studded. And um, it's very much a case of um, he's still, I would say, you know, he's got this ongoing monologue where he's explaining things, not showing things, which is a massive no-no in cinema. But there's still something quite eloquent and watchable about the guy. There's others that just, um, you know, if they're not in a clearly padded, secure production environment, yeah, God, their performance flaws really are revealed. 
massively. Right, Sam Paul has written here. Hello, everyone watching. There's loads of people watching this morning. Thank you very much. Welcome, Liam, Mike, H.C. Mushler, Amanda Burrows, Bradley, Stinkbits, Les Mare, Jeff Dale, Martin Gardner, Sam Seat. There's loads of people. Sam Paul says, does David know this is a tongue-in-cheek film? thing is, I'd argue that um, The Kingsman is very tongue-in-cheek. And uh, Kick-Ass has very tongue-in-cheek moments where it's very self-aware, prodding fun at the actual uh, genre it's working within. I mean, Kick-Ass was doing it. Kick-Ass didn't get rid of the fourth wall, but it was almost there before Deadpool. But the only thing is, the central protagonist is not rooted in any sense of reality. And it's just, um, as you say, it's just bright and loud and it has no real clear connection. Uh, do you know who I feel really sorry in all this is Henry Cavill in the sense of um, he's just the man who was never able to be James Bond. And he's obviously the industry just knew straight away he had the movie star DNA helix inside of him. But he's never been given a franchise to actually Is he work. not Superman, that bloke? But the thing is, they only gave him one Superman film. And then he, he was in these mashup DC films, didn't they? Warner right. Brothers wanted to follow the Marvel formula, but too quickly. So instead of doing a Superman 2 and letting his character breathe like Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, he was pushed straight into one of these kind of like, you know, join up with other characters. So he's immediately had a shadow cast over him. He tried it with Witchfinder. That didn't really stick. He is going to be doing the Highlander reboot. So that might be something new there. But Leave that alone. Leave that film. It's super, that film, isn't it? I know. They've got a big director to do it, though. I believe it's um, David Leach who's going to be doing it. No, it's not. It's the the other director, Chad something, who directs the John Wick films. He's going to be overlooking that because David Leach and Chad, surname loses me, they directed the first one together, so it's the Chad chap. And... um, so it was doing that. We, we've got a crack on. We got. Sorry, listen, sorry, this, sorry, 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 sorry. No, sorry. we are. I'm thinking about movie news. I'm thinking about random movies. Let, let, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go. Okay. For it. So everybody in the chat, right? So everyone's having a little guess. Um, here we go. So yeah, everyone's had a guess uh, watching live now. Uh, Andy McH has said, uh, put in a, an interesting one. Dan SR, that's very interesting. Okay, David, over to you. How many chocolates out of five are you going to give Argyle? <laughs> One. I was two. considering that. Well, two. I, I would say um, the performances are still still impressive. I would say you said some of them are shite. Oh, but when that, you know, I I think someone like Sam Rockwell, it just shows ability. Do you know what I mean? He's still watchable and warm to be. With. They've got a CGI cat that's appalling. But I mean, I'm not going to go back on myself to that degree. Fuck yeah, two. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking, should I go back on a one? But I'm just thinking, you know, there would have been some merit there for crying out loud. But, um, yeah, endless problems. And also logic problems in the script, which I don't want to go into now. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of logic issues. Like that's ne- Stinkbit says that's nearly half, two. That's nearly half. Two's nearly half. Well, I could have said 2.5, couldn't I? Yeah. Okay, you've gone for two. Uh, listen, I don't know why I'm prodding the movie. No, no, no fair enough. I'm, I'm thinking to myself now, should it be a one? Uh, basically, I'm going, wow, what review... Are we going to hear when it's a oneer? Maybe we have had a oneer. Let's crack on. Thank you so much, David, for this. I've loved it for this week's new movie review. Not. Thank, thank you. you for listening. Thank you for listening. We've got any uh, movie news. <clears throat> yep, so a lot of movie news. Basically, um, it's crazy how the industry works, whereby we haven't even done this summer yet when it comes to blockbusters. But already all the articles are getting ready for summer 2025. It's just like such a future projected industry. So already summer 2005, they're saying who's going to be the big movie for 2025. That? 2025. What did I say? 2005. 2005, yeah, Time Machine. You can just Google that, Dave. You can just find that on the internet. Um, 
So yeah, 2025, basically, it's going to be James Gunn's Superman Legacy. So that's the big reboot for DC. But Universal have suddenly out the blue, um, and that was going to be the big, big film for summer uh, 2025. James Gunn is now the, the Kevin Fake Feig, uh, the mastermind. Kevin Fe- uh, Feige is his name, not Feig. Kevin Feige is the mastermind behind Marvel and DC have got James Gunn in to do the same for their comic book arm DC and the big release is going to be Superman Legacy reboot the whole thing once again another shadow on Henry Cavill see you later Henry because I did promise that he'd come back as Superman but then they said no uh, we're going to reboot the whole thing made Henry look very embarrassing on Twitter because he announced he was going to re-pop on the red satin cape um, don't care I'm not being rude to you. I don't care about okay, okay. I'm, I'm dumb. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. So, no, it's not your fault. It's, you, not, it's just movie news, isn't it? Universal have um, stepped things up, though, and they think this might put a shadow over Superman. They have pushed a new Jurassic World trilogy into uh, the realms. David Coep is back, though, who wrote the original script. David Coep's a very um, respected scriptwriter. Goes about saying he's done loads of stuff. You know, um, Spider-Man... All the uh, the large slice of the Indiana Jones films, War of the Worlds with Spielberg. He's done that new uh, Soderbergh film um, about uh, that did really well at Sundance. Um, it's called Oh God, I can't remember any words. It's a disaster. Not possession. Uh, he's got a presence. It's called. So he's a very. He's taking over the trilogy as the writer. So there's a lot of hope there. And David Leach is going to be directing it. Who did the first John Wick, Deadpool two, and Bullet Train? Bullet Train wasn't great, but um, they're hoping they can steer it into a new world realm. Chris Pratt won't be back, and Dallas uh, Howard won't be back either. So it's a real brand new breath of fresh air. The other big news is war- there was a massive. Um, auction over ryan coogler and michael b jordan's next project because obviously ryan coogler did creed he did um black panther and fruitvale station a lot of those he's worked with michael b jordan so warner brothers just wanted it whatever and it's going to be a big new modern set vampire film and hopefully start a new franchise and it's interesting that ryan coogler has very much stepped away from marvel so that's a big one the other thing is, in America, I don't know what the time difference is, but they are doing Super Bowl, where it's their American football realm. Now, American Super Bowl is very important to the film industry because they spend millions on the advertising. Because it's those very, I remember you telling us this. This blew my mind. Absolutely. So millions for like 30 mm. seconds. Particularly now, we've become such a fractured media consumption society. Uh, things like Super Bowl create a monoculture um, experience where all eyeballs from young to old woman man beast all watching at the same time now that that's a lot of eyeballs that's a hell of a lot of eyeballs that's like my son asked siri this week do eyeballs bounce that's an interesting question goodness me because that's almost like a they're usually doing films don't they if um because you usually take someone's eyeball out so you can get into a retina scan so you can get to a base and they usually drop it and it mm. bounces like um like a kind of uh yeah like a ping pong ball usually. So really we've just got two ping pong balls in our sockets. What did Siri say? Do they bounce? I don't know. Uh, Siri says something uh, I don't know, I can't give you that information or something. Do you know like what? That. That'd be a good title for a movie because I'd want to know at the end, do eyeballs bounce question mark? And I'd be like, right, I want to watch that on IMAX, because if they do bounce, I want the full effect. You've got to think it through marketing wise. Super Bowl. So what you're going to get is a Deadpool 3 trailer. You are going to get, um, and also one thing no one's seen anything of is that Universal have put a lot of money into Twisters, the sequel to Twister, which is going to be apparently a big, big deal. So the big tornado uh, franchise rebooted for a younger audience. And you're going to get your first trailer for that for Super Bowl. But also they do lots of clever ads like Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer reuniting for an ad. And um, basically, the media marketing world, particularly particularly film, goes off in a big way. John Kravinsky has got his new film as well, If the Guy Who Made Quiet Place, which is very different to Quiet Place. It's about imaginary friends revisiting their um, adult selves. And Ryan Reynolds is uh, playing a role in that. So, um, okay. 
There you go. Well, so that was a lot of movie news, David. Uh, at the start, you accidentally called it 2005. I want to do a quick quiz with you, or a couple of questions. Could you name two of the movies that were nominated for Oscars in 2005? God, I don't think I've If you get this right, you would win a million pounds in the new movie game show. Two movies that were nominated for Oscars in 2005. Let me think. Um, 2005. There'll be blood? No. 2005. You have two um, more chances. Uh, the Reader with Kate Winslet. No. Okay. Um, can, I, can I give you just a couple? Yeah, yeah, please do. Million Dollar Baby. Okay, God, it's early. Finding enough. Neverland. Sideways. Oh, God, that kind of era. God, I'm really Hotel out. Hotel Rwanda. Wow, I'm really out. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, Mine. okay. I was thinking Kate Winslet a lot. The Incredibles. Okay. Well, anyway. I think not a bad year, people. Not a bad year. Yeah. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie news. Thank you for your earballs. Earballs? That's eyeballs. Eardrums, <laughs> oh, rather. Do earballs bounce? Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but they're small, so if they bounce under the couch, you can lose them very quickly. And if you've got a household pet, they'll grab them. David Edwards. David, so uh, this week's randomly chosen movie to review was Sleeping Beauty, the Disney classic of the late 1950s. <laughs> you always do Disney classics. I'm a, I'm a Disney man. <laughs> Right. Disney catered. Uh, Disney catered. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here we go. Sleeping Beauty. Well, Sleeping Beauty, unlike a lot of people I've spoken to since, a lot of people have grown up with Sleeping Beauty and it is one that I've never seen. So it was quite interesting. I'm seeing this very much, once again, we're talking about eyeballs from an adult eyeball perspective. Because most of the Disney films, at some point, I was put in front of, you know, in the video store, 80s, 90s culture. And um, it opened, and I've got to say, there was a big yawn when it first started. You have like a 1950s um, Technicolor live action book, Sleeping Beauty, and a very almost quite boring narration, almost going through the um, the fairy tale cliches, you know. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to sit through this. So straight away, I don't know, my back was up a bit. But I've got to say, the animation was very impressive. Apparently, Disney was introducing new technology at that point. And the animations are very sharp and very, very colourful. And you get these three um, fairies that appear because uh, the king uh, and the queen have just had a new child and the fairies are giving gifts to the child. And the animation is, is very, almost a bit experimental. It's like every time they place... A, um, a gift, a talent on the young baby who is going to be Sleeping Beauty uh, later on in the story. It all, it's, it's very um, similar to Fantasia. Do you know the Fantasia uh, element where the, um, the, uh, the graphics and the animation were very kind of uh, quite experimental? So like the, the, uh, the magic dust almost turns into like a solar system twist in space. Do you know what I mean? It's very kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's just not like... It hasn't got a Saturday morning cartoon vibe to it. You can tell Disney's trying to go um, almost mix what you're going to get in the uh, in the Tate. You know what I mean? Like proper kind of like artistry mixed in with childlike fairy tale. So I was certainly impressed by that. Also, the um, the main villain, Maleficent, who uh, Angelina Jolie um, went on to play in a live action film that I've never seen. She's a lot more 
grounded in reality that you'd expect from a Disney film. I don't know who did the voice. I apologize. I did look it up and I've forgotten now, but it's, it's very much, it doesn't feel just like a caricature voice. It's got some depth and some character to it. And she's not just some evil hag. There's almost like a charismatic Joan Collins chin bone feel to her, which gives her a bizarre mix of slightly glamorous, but with green chin tin. bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, is it chin bone? Not chin bone. Uh, what would it be? The, uh, the bone around your, the bottom of your skull. Oh, uh, jaw, chin, jaw, oh, bone, jaw, all the jaw. way, sir. Not, well, no, no, you're probably right. You're probably right. Maybe jaw it's bone a chin is the bone. one. She's, she's um, sort of, a, she's got an attractive element about her, as attractive as an animated cell character can be. You know, you've got to form a line in the sand there. Um, and um, <laughs> can't get too carried away for crying out loud. Can you get carried away with cartoon? I mean, characters? a lot of people are fans of Jessica Rabbit. It's got to be. Well, some- you are. Absolutely. But I think um, Maleficent has got a bit more je ne sais quoi, Joan Collins-esque vibe about her. And immediately it was like, okay, there seems to be something, you know, about her really. And um, I would also say the prince is a lot more three-dimensional compared to previous princes in Snow White and um, Cinderella. They're usually quite 2D, just sort of Ken from Barbie kind of vibe. And... um, you know, he's a lot more, Prince Philip's a lot more three-dimensional. He has quite an interesting, amusing relationship with his horse, which adds a bit more depth. Um, then I'd say I started to lose interest. Those immediate bits that hooked me in lost interest. But then when Prince Philip has to go to the castle to save Sleeping Beauty, because she's been put into this sleeping trance by uh, Maleficent, it goes into Fantasia mode with hardly any dialogue only just um, the three fairies every now and then giving Prince Philip uh, guidance. And it's pr- apparently the music is from a classic ballet piece, which I wasn't aware of at all. I've been educated very much Disney-wise over the week. And um, it's got that proper fantasia. This is art in motion. This isn't just... Um, this isn't Saturday animation. morning cartoons. 100%. It's not um, Cities of Gold or uh, Dungeons & Dragons. It's ain't Snoopy falling asleep on top of his um, doghouse type of thing. It's D- David, the woman who vo- um, acted, who was the voice of, um, what was her name? Maleficent? Yes, I think she was a voice for another villain in a Disney film as well. So that woman who you fancied yes. died oh, yeah. 33 years ago. There we go. You know, that'll be a romance. Eleanor Audley. Do you know what? That's a film in itself. I get a time machine and I go back in time. And I meet that woman, and and time cannot stop true love. Ultimately, that's what the uh, the catchline would be to that movie. Um, so I'd say there's definite perks. Also, the music never feels like it's, it's being jammed in. That the the, uh, the songs very much go in flow with the actual narrative, which is really important. Someone told me a really interesting thing about we've spoken in previous shows about Tarzan and how that was a big flop, and they said to me. Um, Tarzan missed important Disney elements whereby Tarzan never sang and Tarzan never actually did an I want song. You always have to have a Disney character doing an I want song. Um, which I is- want Eleanor Audley bright here by my side. Absolutely. I want. I want. Did you say Eleanor? Oh, Eleanor. No, Eleanor Audley, right here by my side. I want Eleanor Audley right here by my side. That's what was missing in Tarzan. That's why it didn't become box office hit. No, I want her. You can't have her. Oh, squire, you already have a lady. Don't be so greedy. (laughs) Crying out loud, man. Give me some, you know, lady attention. Ele- just Eleanor's very vocal cords have lit a romantic light within my being. Surely that should be enough. I've looked through a, a cell animated character and I found a woman that fills me with glee. Let me have her, please. Right, David, let's have a little listen to the 1959 Sleeping Booty Beauty. Booty? Goodness me, the urban spin-off. I'd be interested in that. Sleeping Booty. Someone wake up that booty. I'm in the mood. Too much, sorry. (laughs) 
does she want here? Well, quite a glittering assemblage, King Stephen. Royalty, nobility, the gentry, and... Oh, how quaint. Even the rabble. I really felt quite distressed at not receiving an invitation. You weren't wanted. Not what? Oh. oh dear, what an awkward situation. I had hoped it was merely due to some oversight. Well, in that event, I'd best be on my way. And um, you're not offended, Your Excellency? Why, no, Your Majesty. And to show I bear no ill will, I too shall bestow a gift on the child. Listen well, all of you. The princess shall indeed grow in grace and beauty, beloved by all who know her. But before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. Stand back, you fools! <laughs> right, so there we have it. I get got get got the feeling that you you know, relatively, you enjoyed that hour and twenty minutes you sat down with the beauty. Yeah, I think a lot of. Um... I went in with negativity and I came out thinking, yep, um, Disney's definitely uh, hit his finger on the pulse of this one. Yeah, big artistic aspirations. I don't know if Bob Iger has those same aspirations, Mr. Disney now, but um, I certainly, um, yeah, Disney wasn't just about the money, was he? He definitely wanted to do something new and, but then again, if I had a massive corporation hanging over my head, I wouldn't be worrying about doing new things. I'd be like printing out, you know, Han Solo t-shirts like anyone else you've got a mortgage and a family to look after i want delano right here by my side i want delano right here on my lap goodness man that was too much took a dark turn that did didn't it goodness me moving on people <laughs> okay everyone's had their little guess at how many choc ices out of five David is going to give uh, Ellen um, um, Sleeping Beauty? Oh, it's all gone wrong. And I'm going to have a guess. So, David, how many choc ices out of five are you going to give Eleanor sorry, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty? Beauty, um, realistic 3.5. That's my perspective. Yo! There you go. High fives in the bloody air, Pleased mate. With that. Absolutely. With that. Um, Sal Willis gave four. Uh, I was considering Stan, four, definitely. Yeah, Stan Dolphin guessed four. Stan Christopher Dolphin. Green, Christopher Green guessed 3.5. John Bone, four. Yeah. I must admit, I, as soon as I put the 3.5 on there, I thought, no, he's going to go 4. He didn't. He went 3.5. So, thank you, David, for... Oh, there's a little hot water bottle. Oh, I thought two. I've got them all over me. What was that? Yeah, gosh, yes. It's quite chilly. David, thank you so much for this week's random movie review. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time and your eardrums and balls. Right, so, any movie tips this week, David? Right, I'll give you a movie tip. Um, oh, yes, I like Which is one this. definitely to, um, to consider. I saw an early screening of a German film uh, that's been nominated for an Oscar. They do these early special previews to get people interested and excited. And it's one to watch out for. It's called The Teacher's Lounge. It's a German movie. It's been nominated for an Oscar, as I say. And it's bloody good. It's, it's really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's about um, a female teacher. I think she's like in her early 30s called Carla. 
and it's so based in reality and it's it's oh god if you can work out a narrative that links into social annihilation whereby you're you're socially um putting an incredibly well we're pack animals aren't we so anything whereby you feel as though you're being pushed out or ostracized by the office space it really triggers me in a big way more so than um you know i don't know nazis smashing through your, your front door with a machine gun don't get me wrong people have experienced that so i'm not lessening it but it's a case of you know that that that, that fear of being just socially ostracized basically i won't go into it in great depth but theft takes place in the school and it's a very minor theft it's not over the top it's not someone's car that goes missing we are talking about um maybe like um i don't know uh, 20 euros from someone's wallet and it slowly just gets out of control and she is the victim but after a while she becomes persecuted and it just shows in a very very realistic manner within this kind of workplace environment slash school how things can just get out of hand how prejudices appear people reject on each other how we go into clangs you know groups against groups otherness appears people get tainted with a certain paint um that's metaphorical paint there's no diy happening in the school at that point and it's just a very very clever and it's escalated in a very real manner and it's just this, very this rooted touched, in the real this touched a button it did touch a button i think if you can create um a narrative that is very real about potential social ridicule i think it can be the ultimate horror film where you become exposed uh, you feel ostracized and pushed out by the people around you particularly in a job where you've got to go back there the next day and your face as in your professional face is just you know had dog dna wrapped you know spread across it Do you know what i mean you just feel as though there's just no re- yeah shit there you go let's be controversial um all respects gone where do we see this film um it comes out properly in april and they did a special preview and i think just to because it's, it's marketing in the sense that um they always say the best marketing is word of mouth particularly with the rise of social media i don't think it's really a tiktok movie but um, certainly other forms of like an older, more, well, like letterbox and things like that, I imagine. They're hoping to gain traction with that. Well, David, you, we go from Argyle to Teacher's Lounge. 100%. Because Teacher's Lounge... And it sounds like a, a one-pointer or a, a one-chock icer to a five-chock icer, potentially. I, I would say that, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's very good. Well, it's been nominated for an Oscar, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? You can, and you can tell why, big time. Wow. Thank you, Dad. Lovely. Thank you so much for this week's movie tip. Not a problem, Captain. Thank you for your time. <sighs> Love that. I immediately, I immediately thought I've got to tell everyone about that. Anyone interested? Got Teachers to Lounge. Yeah. And also, the other thing is, man, it's just got two locations: the staff room and the classroom. The odd hallway. So, I mean, it's all about that script and getting a good cast. You could film that anywhere. Well, not anywhere. It needs to be a school. But, I mean, it ain't post-apocalyptic Britain. And you could film it with an iPhone to give it that social realism vibe. And iPhones are incredible what they can pull off of high definition. I mean, Steven Soderbergh's done it several times. And, um, you know, it's just getting that script, isn't it? Basing it in a relatable reality keeping it very focused. I think it's one of those things with scripts where it's just about someone taking money out of someone's wallet. So it's a very basic idea, very basic. But then the social ripples from that are massive. So easy plot to get your head around. But the social disaster anxieties around it are just huge. David, again, thank you. Absolutely. Full stop. Leave it there, amigos. And now it's the randomly generated movie finley oh you've come 
tits. Just went and gave me the bird. He's out. I couldn't talk about the TikTok generation. Yeah, but you and that. him, you're getting on because I heard you went out for a beer the other night. Well, I had, I didn't have a beer. I had a, um, a Coke Zero. So, you know, quite, still quite urban. I've kept it zero. But I wasn't uh, quaffing on the old alcohol. It was a Wednesday. I just met up with him, had a few pork scratchings. I don't do pork scratchings anymore at pubs. I was quite shocked. I had to have some, um, uh, some chili thunder nuts, which were a bit hot on the old tongue, if you know what I mean. Things have changed. But um, we, had, we, we lent against the bar. And, Is this um, why he always gives you movies that you want to watch? Well, he made me pay for everything. His um, Mygo Blaster? What was it? A, a, um, he wanted a Mygo Bomb or something. A, something shot bomb concoction and uh, I got out my uh, the old black horse came out in the form of my credit card I had to pay for it and it wasn't cheap but it's worth doing to get the film to, to get the film you want to watch and also yeah. feel connected to the youth of Britain yes yes understood keeps you young keeps me young keeps me fresh Riley is like my uh, fountain of youth like Hugh Jackman in the fountain of youth the, um... I tell you what, if he if if he uh, if he produces a movie here that you want to watch, there's something going on. Well, we'll see. You know, is this a um, uh, a Richard Nixon situation? Do you know what I mean? Is this going to turn into a Nixon versus Frost broadcast? We'll find out. Okay, here we go. So Finley is. Uh, is uh, humming away in the background. Let us choose the genre of the first movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. History. There we go. The history, why not? And now the decade of this historical movie. Stop. 2020s. Lovely, okay. Finley, please. He just gave you the thumbs up. That's fair What's enough. going on between well, you two? Uh, listen, this is not... Um, he just winked and went like that. I've got to, I've got to put my, my plug on. I've just been told my laptop's coming out of battery. This is not Who Wants to Be a Millionaire quiz show. No one's <laughs> coughing and giving me... Is this um, the colonel or whoever he was? Absolutely. Um, right. Riley's my wife. That's not the situation here. Okay. So, Finley's come up with four movies, historical movies from the uh, 2020s. Uh, he's spinning them around in his ass, and it's now down to you to tell him when to stop spinning. Stop. The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne. Right, okay, that is by the guy who appeared in White Lotus Season 2, isn't that? And also did that um, very uh, crazy comedy with, um, I'm showing my age now, crazy, with Julian Barrett and Olivia Coleman. I can't remember, Flowers, the sitcom. And he also did oh, that. Him. Yeah, he did that great one also with Simon Anstall. Was it called Black Pond? Right. Which I actually yeah. really enjoyed. I think it yeah. stars um, Benedict like, Cumberbatch. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah, so that would be interesting. I'd be very interested in that. Hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's continue. Let us find the genre of the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Stop. Horror. There we go. I'm not a usually horror man, but I'm open to it. And now let us choose the decade. Stop. 1990s. Okay, that could be interesting. Finley, generate four horror movies from the 1990s, please. He has done. He's spinning them around in his ass. And it's down to you to tell him when to stop spinning. Stop. Arachnophobia. Oh, I'd be interested in that. Frank Marshall. That's one of the only films. I think he's directed I'd one or two. I'd love you to do that one. I'd Absolutely. love you to do that John one. Absolutely. John Goodman. Uh, Jeff Daniels. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd be interested in Arachnophobia. I don't think okay. I've ever actually watched it. I think, do you know one of those films you never know if you have watched or not? Okay. And now let us find the... Sorry, David. Let's f- okay. Now let us find the genre of the third movie that you might be reviewing next week. Over to you, David. Stop. Drama. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. The very foundation of all cinema and storytelling. 
And now let's just find the decade. Stop. 2020s. There we go. Keep it current. Keep it so, present. Something going on between you. Okay, and let's generate four dramatic movies from the 2020s. And Finley has done. And they're spinning around. They're spinning around in his ass, and it's time for you to tell him when to stop spinning. Stop. The guilty. What's that? That rings a bell. That is Jake Gyllenhaal and Ethan Hawke. Ah. Oh. Peter Sarsgaard, the guilty. Jake, I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. Is that um, when he's like a tele operator? I would like to see that. I think me and Riley have got some kind of bizarre thing going on without me knowing it. Finley. Finley, absolutely. I'm good with. I've clearly connected with the youth. I've remembered their names. <laughs> it's a case of. Um, I think that's. It's a remake of a foreign film. And the most of it is on Jake Gyllenhaal as like a telephone operator. I would like to watch that a lot. I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. I've said that three times. I clearly do like him. Okay. So, so the electrical life of Lewis Wayne, Louis Wayne, uh, arachnophobia and the guilty. I've given each film an A, a B and a C. I've jumbled them up. Or have I? Yes, I have. Sometimes I do jumble them up. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. Uh, this week I have, or have I? And it's now, David, down to you to tell us which movie you'll be reviewing for next week. Is it going to be A, B, or C? A. The guilty. Wowzers. Okay. Love you happy with that? Yeah. Very happy. Absolutely. Lovely. 100%. I'm hoping uh, there isn't a conspiracy going on, but I've got to say I'm not part of it. Okay. So, so the guilty for next week, David. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We've got a sh- shoot off because we're busy dudes. David's got a red carpet to go to. Absolutely. And then, uh, I'm cleaning the red carpet. It's not a premiere, but I'm going to be cleaning it. I'm one step away from being on it. Yeah, it's sort of a maroon carpet. It's your neighbour's carpet and she it vomited is. on it last And I'm going to be um, getting the old... Uh, what was that 80s ad? You got a... Da, 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 that woman would go around... She you got, got a chicken um, back to put the pressures back. Do the chicken back to put the pressures back. And there was a dog involved, wasn't there? She chucked a dog in the air. He's in slow-mo. There we go. Great memories. I love TV. They keep me going. Thank you, everyone. Unfortunately, we can't do the extra bit today, but um, we'll do one next week. Don't you worry about that. And thanks for Um, tuning in. It's very good of you. Thank you very much. Let's do some shout-outs, David. Uh, Quick shout-outs for the people who tuned in live. John Bone. Lovely stuff, John Bone. Thank you for coming along, sir. You are part of the gang. Let's do some quickies. Jeff Dale. Jeff Dale, absolutely. Your comments are always cherished. It goes about, sir. Mike Rolls. Mike Rolls rolling in. I think Mike Rolls has been here since number one. I think he predates the random generator. That man's been around since the early days of the whole Earl Patreon estate. Natalie JL. Natalie JL, thank you very much. I hope you're having a lovely Sunday and you're uh, sipping on some coffee and chewing on some muesli raisins. Nicola Haddo. Nicola Haddo, you sound like a news presenter on Sky Live. And um, I hope you've got that je ne sais quoi appeal with you in reality as well. Blue Treacle. Blue Treacle, you sound uh, a man who thinks outside the box. You've got you've got day sky thinking. You're thinking outside the roof. Blue Treacle, it, you know, I'd love to try it literally as a dessert. What do you mean? Like, oh, I, I see yeah, yeah, actually. Lesmer. Two more. Lesmer. Lesmer, absolutely. It sounds European. And I'm all about kissing men on both cheeks. I welcome you. And Claire Tuffin. Claire Tuffin. Once again, it's got a, almost a journalistic news reporter vibe to that name. Or a um, a crime thriller writer. You know, um, I'd love to know what your ancestors do. Tuffin. Does that mean you were tough around inns during the Viking era? I'm, I'm Tuffin. Or is that the name of a bird, maybe? I don't know. But uh, immediately your surname has sucked me into a rabbit hole. Fascination. Thanks for listening. Uh, 
Thanks Thank you. you very much, everybody. Thank you. And uh, thanks for downloading and listening. And please like and subscribe. Oh, I don't know what that means. Like and subscribe. No, it's leave about reviews. It. Like yeah. and subscribe. Yeah, please just review, like Do and subscribe. Just just hit all the buttons on, on the screen. Even just thump them with your hand like an angry uh, chimpanzee. Just get involved like a PG Tips commercial on wrong. Thank you very much. And thank you, David, for this thank week. You, it was a, it was a thank you. super episode. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Captain. Thank you.